This morning, we're starting with our new series, which is called Reality Check. Reality Check. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you're ready for this. So this is basically a series on, on, on just having, looking at current social issues and understanding what the Bible says about them looking at everything that we're surrounded by and what's happening currently with the glasses of the Bible and saying, but this is what the Word of God says and how do we go in there and transform society as we constantly say we want to see a transformed society. So if we want to see a transformed society, we have to rise up and be people that go out and transform. But we can only transform if we know what we're going to transform and what we're supposed to transform. So when we look at society currently, there have been some heated things that have been coming to the fore that are going to shape society society radically. And if we are not involved and we're not looking at this as sons and daughters of the Most High, we could easily get lost. Yeah? I hope we're together. Yeah? So I just want to open up in prayer. And then we're going to continue from there. So, Father, we just want to thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you that your word is living and active. And therefore, we pray, Lord Jesus, that as you release your word this morning, that it will just um, really richly dwell in our hearts. It will grasp our hearts. It will transform our minds, so Father God. And Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that as your word is going out this morning, you will touch every heart, every mind, oh, Father God, to know exactly what it is that you want to do through them in this season and during this time, oh, Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, and we praise you for that. Amen. Open with me in the book of Judges. Judges 2. I want to read from the book of Judges 2, verse 8. Judges 2, verse 8. Are we all there? It says in the book of Judges 2, verse 8, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in, they buried him in the land of his inheritance, at Timnah, or Timnah, Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal, and the Ashtoreths, okay? So this is just, the, in, in this book, we see how God took the Israelites out of Egypt, took them to their land of milk and honey, and really carried a, a, a group of people who, who were about two million into their promised inheritance. And the thing is, there, was, there were people that were constantly leading the Israelites, We know it all started with Moses, right? And Moses handed over to Joshua. 
And Joshua continued to teach the people the ways of God according to how Moses had taught him. In fact, we know that he received the mantle that was on Moses' life because we know that every, the Bible says that after Moses was done, the, 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 presence or the, yeah, the presence of God would leave the tent. But when Joshua started following Moses, it will actually stay and wait for Joshua. And he would come and he would receive as well. So the, here the Bible starts by telling us that in the book of Judges, very early, it's, it's telling us that, yes, they conquered. Yes, they took over the land. But the sad thing is the whole generation that feared God during that time died. And a whole new generation of people who no longer knew God or understood his way were now living. Okay? This is the generation that was left of the Israelites, which is so sad because from the beginning God taught them, teach your children this. Write it on your doorpost. doorpost sorry. Remember the word that I've taught you. Remember to carry it on. But yet we see a generation that does not remember the word of God. A generation that is wicked, that does not fear God. A generation that, that is taking things into their own hands. And we must understand that when they came to settle in this land, though the Lord had, had, had charged them to take possession of the whole land, drive out all the tribes that were inhibiting that land, not everybody was driven out. So they were living among a people who didn't know God, and they were idol worshippers. Okay? So they were watching the culture of these guys and seeing them worship uh, Baal, worship other gods, and thinking maybe we should also do what these guys are doing. Maybe we should also just um, participate in what they're doing. It seems like there's a different form of God or this, this is how we worship God. So the guys were very confused. And they were trying to live life according to how they wanted. But God in his faithfulness saw this. Yeah? So when they moved away from God, they would be uh, being oppressed by their enemies and crying out. They will begin to remember their God, the God of their ancestors, and they'll cry out. And then God will deliver them. <laughs> And the Bible actually says, as we continue to read, it says uh, from verse 16, it speaks about how because during that time they had no king, they had no leader, the Lord will raise up judges yeah, to lead them in that time. And it starts with one guy called Othniel, all the way to Samson. Okay? These were the guys that were raised up during that time to just bring back the Israelites. But if you read, I mean, I was reading the book of Judges this weekend. It's just so rich. I really enjoyed reading it because it gives you a timeline. You know, it says for 20 years they were oppressed and they cried out for the Lord and then he raised up somebody who took care of them for about eight years and then every time a judge died, they would return to their wicked ways. <laughs> there was no... Continue, uh, continuation of what they've received in the previous, from the previous person. So it's like they needed someone who would constantly teach them or constantly lead them in truth. Every time a judge died, they would return to their wickedness. 
It was so sad. I was just like, Lord, what's going on here? You know? And then they will cry out to the Lord, and God in his mercy will raise up somebody. And this was generation after generation. This was taking, it was years. It wasn't just two years, one. It was 20 years, 40 years, 18 years, seven years. You know, it was continuing like this. So I'm just painting a picture here of what was happening during that time. And then when we get to Judges, um, yeah, so they would cry out to the Lord. And then when we get to Judges 17, Say on the slides, but I also just want it here in my. In my Bible. We start seeing what exactly it started looking like when there was no leader. And we see all the way from Othniel to Samson, it was just chaotic. Yeah? But God was. It was constantly bringing the guys back. But then we see in, verse, in Judges chapter 17, verse 6, it starts off by saying, In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. Okay. So then there's a silence where the judges are concerned or these leaders that God would raise up. And then it starts by saying, In those days, Israel had no king. And people did what they saw fit. And then it starts recording these gruesome stories that we realize what exactly was happening in the society. And I think these are two main ones that, that really shook Israel, but I'm sure there was a whole lot of other things that were going on. But it speaks about a young man who had money that, from his mother. And he, I think it was 20, 20 pieces of silver that he, that the mom used to, to form um, an idol out of it. Or the mothers gave to the son and said, make a carbon image for, you, for us to worship. Okay? So there's this guy called Micah, or Mika, and he has his own, almost like his own little mini temple, like a holy of holies room in his house. And in there, he has idols that he's worshiping. And then a young Levite, and we remember the Levites were the, the priestly guys, was moving around and he was looking for a place, a, a place to call home. And this guy invited him into his house and said, hey, because he knows, oh, you're a Le Levite. I know Levites are blessed people. They're the priestly people. So if you, why don't you come and live with me and serve me by worshiping God constantly, releasing the blessings? ministering in my house, and I will give you a certain amount of money every year. Okay? But what's interesting to see with this Levite is that he was ministering in that place where there were all these other carved images that were there, carved images. So there were other, other gods to say, because remember the commandment that God gave the Israelites. So there were all these other images and gods and he was in the midst of that also worshiping his god so we can see that there was no true worship of the one true god things were mixed there okay and it's funny that the people understood that where there's a levite there's ministry unto the lord there's blessing 
So there was a tribe that, that discovered this guy and said, why don't you come and serve us instead of serving this one man? In fact, these guys, they were also Israelites. They went into this house, uh, this man's house. They stole this Levite and they stole the, the idols. They ran away with everything so that they will be blessed now. The anointing, the presence of God is on the stuff. It's on the Levite and the idols. They took everything together. So everything was mixed up. Yeah. And then we read, we continue, and in Judges 18, uh, or 19 verse 1, it speaks about how now it starts off again by saying, in those days Israel had no king. And then it says, now a Levite who lived in a remote area in the country of Ephraim took a concubine. You know that things are really bad. When a Levite has a concubine. It's like when a pastor has a concubine. A pastor has a mistress. Okay, for those who don't know what a concubine is, it's a mistress. A second wife. Okay? So then you know it's bad. So what happened is this Levite had a concubine, but the Bible says she became unfaithful. And she went back to the father's house. But she meant so much to this Levite that he left his wife and his kids behind to pursue his concubine. Yeah? And then when he got into the father's house, he was well taken care of. I mean, this woman's father didn't want to let this Levite go. It was day after day, just stay with us, stay with us. I think for about four days. And then eventually they left. He took his, wife, his concubine back. On his way home, their house was very far, and the servant, one of his servants said, let's just camp here, because then we can continue with our journey. But the, 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 the Levite said, no, 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 it could be too dangerous. Let's not just camp anywhere. Let's only go into the towns where we know our brothers are in. Basically, let's go into towns that are occupied by other Israelites. Remember? Twelve tribes. Yeah? So then they go on to this place where the Benjamites were staying. And the guy thought, no, this is safe. Even if I, I, I sleep in the streets, it's fine because my brothers live here. But a man took them in, and they went to live with this man or, or stay with this man for, or, or for the night. And while they were in this town, if you continue reading there in your, in your Bible, it says that the men in the city that were Benjamites, came knocking at this guy's door, saying, where's the man that came to lodge at your place tonight? Bring him out so that we can have sex with him. That's what he says. That's what he says. Okay, you can, from verse 25. You can read it, Judges 19, 25. So they were, these, these are men. They were not interested in the other men. I mean in the woman, the concubine. They said, where is that man that came to live? To lodge in your house. Bring him out so that we can have sex with him. The last time we, we see such a thing happening was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Which is expected because those people didn't really know the Lord. But these are Benjamites. 
knocking at the door. And the owner of the house was so disturbed and said, please don't do this evil, that's not right. Take, here is my virgin daughter, here is the man's concubine, do whatever you want to do with those guys. Eventually they gave in and it says they raped the concubine. They abused her the whole night until the next morning. Terrible. This is what was happening in that society. Until she actually died. There was no life in that woman anymore. That's how bad it was. And then they had to take, uh, the next day the man took his wife and he was so shocked, or the concubine, sorry, was so shocked by what happened. Put her on the donkey, went back home, and decided he's going to cut her into 12 pieces. And every piece will be sent to one tribe of the Israelites. Okay? And that's not even shocking. <laughs> Nothing like that had ever happened in Israel since they left Egypt. So when people started asking questions, it was good for him so that he can explain what happened. And all the Israelites were shocked by this. And they said, no, we need to do something about this. This cannot continue like this. This is what these guys did. The Benjamites did was not right. We need to do something about this. And they decided to go. And uh, go to war with their brothers. The rest of the story you can read it. It's so interesting what happened there. I'm not going to tell the whole story just so that you have something to read in the end. But at the end of the book of Judges, we read this again. At the end, right at the end, Judges 20 verse 25, it says, In those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw. Now, this line keeps repeating in the book of Judges. And the reason why it keeps repeating is to show us that where there is no leader, and remember, it, 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 it wasn't just about the king. It was about somebody who feared God that would put order in that place. And it was saying that when there is no king, when there are no rules, when there are no principles, Society will and has to become corrupt. It has to. Because all we're left with is anarchy, which means every man does what is right in their own eyes. And we already know that when man is seated on the throne, It is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. So we need something that is transcendent. Not just the person. Yeah? There I put a picture of different people. The minute we remove the law and order of God himself, who's seated on the throne, man becomes the standard. And then we have to ask ourselves the question, which man will be the standard? Because people are so different. Will it be Hitler? Will he be the standard? Is he the guy we want to follow? Will it be 
Julius Malema, is he the standard? Is he the guy we want us to follow? Will it be Oprah? Oprah has amazing life principles. Hmm? Good life principles. Is it Oprah? Dr. Phil? Wendy Williams, maybe? I don't know. Will it be Mother Teresa? Is she the ultimate standard of morality? Which, is it Pol Pot? Who will be the standard of morality? That is the question we need to answer. <laughs> and when we just take time to think about it, we realize that it can't be a person on the throne making the decisions out of themselves. There has to be a God that influences that person's decisions of how they're going to rule. Because we see even in Israel, there were various kings. There were wicked kings and there were good kings. There were kings that when they came into power, they just extended the worship of other gods and did what was evil in the sight of God. And then there were kings that feared God and they feared the word of God that went up and started destroying the high places of worship to other gods and all that kind of stuff. So we need to realize that man in, its, in himself, when left to their own devices, we can be very dangerous. Sometimes we don't realize the, 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 the degree to which we have fallen. The degree to which we are wicked without God. So when we take the place of God, all sorts of things can happen. Dangerous things can happen. We've read of dictators in Africa. Yeah? Because of the love of power, they did all sorts of things. And, and in, in the book of Timothy, I mean, uh, I just want to read this. Um, what Francis Schaeffer and C. Everett Hoop said, they said, there is a thinkable and an unthinkable in every era. One era is quite certain intellectually and emotionally about what is acceptable. Yet another era decides that these certainties are unacceptable and puts another set of values into practice. On a, on a humanistic base, people drift along from generation to generation and the, mor and the morally unthinkable becomes the thinkable as the years move on. So this is what happens when people are in power. Ideas come, and we know that various things can inspire ideas. They're either God-inspired, or they're inspired by demons, or just by the flesh. So one generation changes from the previous generation because of the value system that is constantly changing. So, I mean, if, if you just think about what things looked like in the 40s and 50s. And what they look like now. It's been quite a change, hasn't it? Let's look at the swimming costumes. What did they look like in the 40s and the 50s? Hmm? Do you remember the 40s and 50s swimming costumes? Huh? They were like a bit, like a bit of a short and it's a one-piece. And then the 60s, 70s, there was a revolution saying, no, man. 
you know, let's have a two-piece. It was still like a short dinner, you know. It still had looked a bit decent, but it was a two-piece. Nowadays, it's just strings. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like the thinner the bikini, the better it is. Let's look at clothes. What were they like? They're changing. What were the things that used to happen in the past that was so shocking that nowadays they've just become normal? And in the past, it was so shocking they were done there in the background that nowadays they're actually gaining ground and it's like, ah, man, it's actually cool if you do that stuff. Just think about it. Just think. I'm sure you know of some things. That you're thinking and thinking, oh my goodness. The world is changing. People are becoming a lot more liberal, a lot more free, a lot more man. Let's just do what you want to do. You are your own person. You don't need to be restrained by these laws and rules and regulations. Society is trying to impose things on you to make you what you're not. Just be. And why? Because in 2 Timothy 3 verse 2 to 5, it says this. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Hmm? Somebody screaming selfies. How many selfies do you take per day of yourself? Hmm? I mean, nowadays we're so obsessed with our self-image. Any picture that you upload is just you looking like this, then you're looking like this, then you're... Yeah? Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. How many make decisions in life based on money? Not based on where does God want me to be. Not based on what are my passions. Here's the passions, but the money. Yeah? Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. This is a big thing. I mean, when I was a teenager, I grew up seeing... Young people say things to their parents that I never knew was possible. Because the minute you tried it in our house, oh my goodness, it was dangerous. But I grew up seeing guys that were talking to their parents like they're talking to the dog, not even to a friend. It's like, yeah, no, I'll do it when I feel like doing it, you know? And their friends will be like, yeah, you, you know? People must, your parents must not try and control your life. They can't just come and want to tell you to wash dishes whenever they feel like it. You also need to feel like washing the dishes. If you don't feel like washing the dishes, you don't have to wash the dishes. Hmm? You didn't fill in a, a, a what? What is it? <laughs> An application form to be born. Hmm? They're the ones who decided they want to give birth to you. Yeah? So now your parents are there to serve you. 
Because you didn't fill in an application form. You decided that you wanted to give birth to me. So you better give me everything that I want, when I want, how I want. Rebellion. Yeah? Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. There are some people, it doesn't matter how much they have, how good you do to them. They're always ungrateful. Ungrateful to God. Even. That's why we say, when we come in the presence of God, let's worship Him. Even though things are not the way that you are expecting and you're not seeing the results you want to see right now, think of at least two things that you remember that remind you of God's goodness. But now people are like, hey, this God also, He's not showing up on time. He's not doing what I... You know, I, I just don't understand the serving God thing. I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been doing all the stuff. Ungrateful. Unholy. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Revenge. You do something to me, I'll do it back to you, baby. Just you watch and see. I'm going to show you what I'm made out of. You did this. Yeah? On the surface, it's like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But just you wait. Just you wait. Huh? Revenge. Um, slanderous. Isn't that what we have? What is the most happening news today? No, uh, the, the things that most people want to read about. Yeah? It's always scandals, isn't it? This one slept with who did that, and that one stole this one's money, and this star is now divorced, marrying this one. And it's always like, oh, did you hear? Hmm? Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? Did you, who do you think they're going to hook up with now? Did you hear about the thing that happened in Namibia here? Huh? That lady that got exposed on, 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 on WhatsApp. I, I remember that day when <laughs> they, they put this thing, there, there was um, <laughs> on, was it uh, Tupopieni, when they had the, the story of the lady who was cheating with somebody else's husband, Nguvi. Ne? And everybody was SMSing each other, watch Tupopieni. They even put <laughs> this, this the <laughs> picture where the whole of Africans are gathered watching the TV. <laughs> And they were saying, Namibians right now. Because that's what everybody was doing, isn't it? Did you hear about the scandal? And then people even add other stories to it. Slander. Without self-control, the worst thing that you can do in today's day and age is control yourself. It's like you are limiting yourself if you don't let yourself free. Free your mind. Free yourself. Yeah? This is what the Bible says, saints. This is what the Bible says. There will be, no, there will be a lack of self-control. People will just be doing what, things that they want to do, which is governed by emotions. Yeah? It's how I'm feeling in the moment, so I'm just going to express myself and think of the consequences tomorrow where I need to take responsibility. I don't want to take any responsibility because that's how I was feeling that time. 
brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, the pride of life. Conceited people. You know when they built the Titanic? They were so proud of that, that boat. When it came out, they said, man, this is an amazing thing that we've accomplished. And you know what one of the guys that were involved in putting that together said? Not even God can sink this ship. That is how conceited people have become. Yeah? Not even God will stop me if he tried. There are some people that are like that. I'm living my own life, and God must just be there at the back. Remember that story of the guy that, that whose parents, or, or was it the lady who was traveling, and the mother said, let me just pray for you, for God's protection, and da-da-da-da. And then she said, no, 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 don't, don't pray, because God, I don't want God to travel with me. If he's coming, he must travel in the boot. Yeah? And she had a car accident, and the car was so messed up, that the only thing that was found in one perfect piece was the backside of the car with the eggs in it. The eggs were not even smashed because God traveled in the boot. <laughs> yeah? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You'll be amazed at how many people would want to go to something that has to do with God on a weekend. But if it's some sort of concert of a famous person coming in, yeah, I can't sit and read my Bible, but I want to read this novel that just makes me feel so good. I can't go to a church function, not even prayer, on a Monday night. But I want to sit in my room and watch what's, what's maybe Scandal or Telemundos or wh wh whatever series is happening at the moment. I don't know because I don't watch series. Me time? Yeah? So people would rather spend enough time and energy doing things that are more pleasurable than reading the Bible and the, because they, oh, these things, they just need so much energy. You know, I just don't feel like reading my Bible. It's so much energy. Oh, I, I can't bring myself to fast. You know, it's, it's, the things of the Lord are so burdensome. And then we, we, when we go to church, we're like, at least I was at church on Sunday. <laughs> The Lord should be grateful that I was in church on Sunday because I'm doing it for him. Saints, we need to find pleasure in constantly building our relationship with God. We really need to. And then it goes on to say, um, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. Saying, yes, there is a God, but somehow he's not involved. Or, yes, there is a God, but, you know, I, I, he's not really all that powerful. You know, he's, 
he's there some ways. Yeah, and it's almost like God exists to serve us, and we don't exist to serve God. It, when he's relevant, we take him out of the box, and if he's not relevant, we keep him in the box. Okay? And this is acceptable in a world where there is no God, where people do these things. We can see and we can just say, okay, no, this is what people are doing. It's, it's one thing for people that no, don't know God to do that, but it's something else for people that know God to do that, to live like this. Okay? So then we look at the world and we say, yeah, the, the world has become a wretched place. It is just so terrible out there. It's bad. And it truly is bad. But what's also happening is that in 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, it says that the word of God is being compromised. It says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So now, it's, it's not out there all wicked, but now people are starting to compromise. And this is what the Israelites were doing. Whatever is happening there, let's just take a bit. That's why the guy could take uh, the, the word of the Lord and still have idols. Yeah? So we're starting to compromise and say, no, let, let's, just, let, let's, let's be relevant to the world. Yeah? Don't preach those hard messages that are getting people all shook up and now we don't know how to relate to them. We need to be relevant in our times. And I don't know if you guys saw, someone uh, was um, posting a clip about the, the gay parade that was happening this past week, where the gays were out there and they were saying, hey, this is who I am, I'm coming out of the closet, we're proud to be who we are. And, and the lady said what shocked her was the fact that even Christians joined into support. And some of them had um, posters written, they will know us by our love. This is what they were saying. We are supporting these guys because if Jesus was here today, he would also be in the parade. Supporting them. This is shocking. So when you have churches that are joining the parade and saying, guys, what's wrong with you? We are supporting these guys so that they can know and understand the love of God. Compromising the word. What is love? Does love make us condone sin? No. The Bible is so clear. If you love somebody, you have to tell them the truth. You have to say, I am only, it's like when you love your child. I am only telling you this because I love you and I don't want you to get hurt. When somebody is on a path that is leading to unrighteousness and you're thinking loving them, is condoning what they're doing. It's being there supporting and saying, oh, come on, you're doing a great job. Just be who you are. That is not God. It's not God. Okay? So we need to look at this. And I mean, even now with the abortion discussion that's happening in Namibia, we've got Christians that are saying, but really, look at all these poor kids that are suffering and all that. Abortion is a solution. Let's just help this world, so that we don't have more unwanted kids, it's better for the baby to just be removed. Dealing with symptoms. The problem is not abortion. Yeah? The problem is premarital sex and adultery and all this. How many married couples really get to that place where they're like, oh, we are pregnant, no, we need to abort this baby. Very few. 
very few married couples would actually consider abortion. Why? Because they knew once they, when they got married, they want to start families and they want to, you know. So when they are pregnant, it's actually a blessing. Yeah? Most of the people who want to abort kids are people who are not married. They're in a relationship where they discover the guy doesn't want to be with them anymore. Or it was a mistake because the man cheated on the, on the wife with this younger girl. Now we need to fix this, this problem. So there are all this, these things happening. And then we have Christians that are saying, no, let's just make the world a better place. Let's really think about the solutions that can come in without the biblical foundation of what does God's word say. Okay? And I've spoken a lot of things now, but in this series, I was just setting the, the stage to say, this is what can happen to society. And we're surrounded with all these things that are pushing and saying, but what is the church doing? What is the church doing? And I must say, saints, we are in a place where the foundations of Christianity is being attacked more viciously than ever. Okay? And if we are not going to stand up and do something about it and speak and be the voice, we're going to find ourselves in a place where we are thinking, how did we get here? I mean, the, 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 the first missionaries from Europe and these places, when they were going out, spreading the gospel, coming to Africa, and just saying we need to keep the light of God burning, they never thought they would see a day when Germany will become the way it is today. They never thought that they could go so far off where Christianity will just become an option, something there in the back. They never thought that. Yeah? But with every compromise, more ideas coming in, new ideologies coming in, one step at a time, the Christian values were compromised and they are lost. And it is important that we recognize what's happening today in our society. What's happening in Namibia? What are the current social issues that have been coming to the fore, that have been pressing and even coming against the, 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 the beliefs, the moral beliefs that we believe as a nation. People never thought there'll come a time when they'll be forced to, to do gay marriages. That you'll be imprisoned if you don't want to marry gays. They never thought that. They just thought, no, but I've got freedom of choice. But now it's like the Lord commands it. You know? So, what are we going to do about it? I love the scripture in Psalm um, 11 verse 3. It says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And that's what's happening at the moment. Our foundations are being destroyed one step at a time. But the righteous need to rise up and rebuild those foundations. We need to rise up and be salt and light, as it says in Matthew uh, 5 verse 13 to 15. Rise up and be salt and light. But we can only be salt and light if we understand this book. If we understand the principles of God, the law of God, the heart of God. If we understand what the Bible says about certain issues. The Bible is full of awesome principles that we can draw from. 
We say, we don't, we're not going back to the law. Yes, Jesus set us free. But do you know that the Old Testament is full of such beautiful principles about life? I mean, when he talks about people with fields that are gleaning, it says when you glean, don't just take everything, but leave some behind for those who don't have fields to come and collect. That is a principle of taking care of the poor. I mean, when a woman is widowed, if there's a man in that family, he needs to marry her. <laughs> Nowadays, we don't want that kind of, I don't even love that woman. <laughs> you know? He needs to marry her, and if not, the family needs to take care of her. But nowadays, if you're, wo- if you're a widow, sorry, my friend, the family comes, they take the car, they take the house, they take everything, and they just push you out. The Bible is full of principles, life-giving principles that we can take, that if we build our societies on, we will flourish as a nation, and we will stand out and really be blessed. But if we don't know those principles, we will be like the guys in the book of Judges, where everybody does what they saw fit, and we all know that that's not going to take us anywhere. Amen? I'm supposed to land now. And I want to finish with 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5, since time is not on my side anymore. But just with the issue of being salt and light, we really need to rise up and be salt and light. We do. If we need to speak, speak. If somebody is coming with an idea that is contrary to God's word, don't just sit there and say, you know, I don't believe this. And, And you're just quiet. Yeah? If your company is starting to do things that you know this is not biblical, don't just sit and say, no, trust God for a strength, but speak up. We need to speak up. We need to be the voice. We need to be salt and light. Even if people will look at you and become irritated, you're always talking about God, you're always talking about... Just be that person. But don't be quiet. Don't sit in and, and start laughing when people are making all these funny jokes. And No. Set a standard. Set a standard. Let's set the standard of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5, it says, The weapons of our warfare are, uh, the warfare are not... Oh, I think I... Yeah. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Yeah? Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments in every presumption set up against the knowledge. In some versions, it says pretension. Set up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So there are thoughts, there are ideas, there are things that are coming in our nations that, are, that want to creep into our families, that want to creep into our society that are not of God, and we need to rise up and say, we're taking authority over that stuff, and we're making it obedient to Christ. Because a lot of the warfare that we're fighting is not fighting people. It is fighting ideologies that want to creep in. Yeah? Remember that family was the first institution that God created. And it's been the one that has been most attacked. It's been attacked like no one's business. Because the enemy knows if I can get the family to bow down to me, then I've gotten the society. So we need to rise up and say, we are going to take what God has given us, and we're going to make it a reality in our nation. 
we're not going to allow ourselves to open ourselves, not even open myself to the idea that maybe it could work. Maybe it is the solution because things are really rough today. No. We need to return to the word of God and say, but God, according to your word, according to your standard, according to who you are, this does not make sense. Okay. So in the next weeks, we'll be looking at some heated topics like abortion, like homosexuality, maybe even the economic crisis, who knows, contemporaries or comprehensive sexual education in schools. Should Christians be drinking alcohol? <laughs> Issues that we're face, faced with today, that if we don't have a biblical understanding of these issues, they're going to cause us to shape society and make it completely different from what God intended it to be. But God's desire has always been to have people that are often righteous seed that will rule and govern the earth. And that's what we want to achieve, righteous seed that will rule and govern the earth. Because they understand the principles of God, they understand the mind of God, and they release that wherever they go. Amen. Let's pray. Let's just stand. Yeah, so. Father, this morning, we just want to thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you that you are our king. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we said yes to you, we said yes to your ways. We said yes to your purposes. We said yes to your call. We said yes to living life the way you've called us to live, O oh Father God. And therefore, this morning, we just pray, Lord Jesus, that we will step into the grace that you've made available for us to live this life, Father God. We pray, Lord, that you will come once again, ignite the fire, the passion in our hearts for a transformed society. Father, where we've become so desensitized to what we're seeing around us and we're thinking it's just how life is. Show us, Lord, that life can be different. We don't just need to accept what we're faced with, oh, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Father, for a shift of mind, for a shift of understanding, oh, Father God. For your word says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And we really pray that in the next few weeks, oh, Father God, the high places that have built themselves up in our minds to think contrary to your word and to your ways because of an ever-changing society will fall to the ground, oh, Father God. That again, your word will be like a flame that is burning in our hearts. And we cannot stay silent. We cannot stay silent. But bring it out wherever we go. Lord, I thank you that in this place, you have raised up reformers to go and rebuild the places of worship unto you that have been long devastated in our nation. 
that have been taken captive, that have been broken down. I really sense that I just see a picture of like just a torch coming with fire. And it's like God is lighting specific hearts this morning. He's lighting your heart with that fire saying, yes, I am marking you. I am marking you. I am marking you to be that person that is going to go out in society and bring my truth. Not the truth of what the world wants to see. Not the truth of what humanity has taught. But the truth of what God's word has been teaching. Father, thank you that we are not without your power. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us everything we need for life and godliness. And therefore this morning we thank you, Lord, that as we're going out, we're going to live by that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we thank you. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. And if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, you haven't given your life to the Lord, and you're still seeking truth, I just want to encourage you. Wherever you are, if you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord. You want to know Him. You want to understand Him. You want to have a relationship with God. If you're here this morning, please just raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Anyone this morning, you want to give your life to the Lord? You're saying, God, I've fallen so far. Well, I don't even know you. I just want to have a relationship with you. Just raise your hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to ask that person that raised their hand, just want to ask you to make a bold step to come to the front so that we can pray with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just encourage you. Let's encourage you. Thank you, Lord. Heaven is rejoicing this morning. Can I have a leader stand behind? Sure. He's going to pray. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want us to repeat after these words as he's giving his life to the Lord this morning. Young men, I just want you to repeat these words as a, a word saying to the Lord. This morning, just surrender your Open your hands as a sign of surrender. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that Christ died on the cross for my sins and to bring me into relationship with you. Therefore, this morning, I surrender my life to you and I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and make me born again. And I ask that Jesus Christ will become both my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we thank you. And we praise you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's celebrate. Awesome. So I want to bless everyone this morning. But I just want to say, if you've got any prayer need, we're still here. We will pray for you. We will minister to you. The leaders of the church will be here just to minister to you. But otherwise, I just want to say, God, I thank you for your blessing over each and every single person here this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've called them to be salt and light 
And wherever they go, Father God, wherever they put their foot to, Father God, they will feel and know that you are with them and they carry authority, oh Father God. And therefore, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they're blessed in their coming and blessed in their going out, oh Father God. No weapon formed against them will prosper because you, God, are their God and you're the banner over their lives. Amen. Praise God. Have an awesome week ahead.